Three Times Lucky by Sheila Turnage. Chapter 6. Keep Your Windows and Doors Locked. The colonel's face looked gaunt in the dashboard's glow as the underbird bounced out of Mrs. Rose drive, Miss Rose's drive and onto the blacktop heading to town. Dead? Are you sure they mean our Mr. Jesse? I asked. I'm sure. I settled into the underbird's bucket seat and took a deep breath. It felt like a thousand spiders had spun their silk inside my head. Somebody's made a mistake, I said. I served Mr. Jesse his lunch not eight hours ago. He stiffed me on the tip, just like always. He's fine. Turn by Miss Blaylock's barn up there, I said, pointing. We can take the back way to Mr. Jesse's through the woods. He'll straighten this out. I'm afraid that's not possible, he said, cruising past the turn. My anger jumped like a cat and took a few quick, hot paces around my chest. Turn around, I heard myself shout. He didn't blink. Fine, I muttered, scrunching down in the seat. I'll take my bike. I'll see Mr. Jesse myself, or the police will find him. You'll see. The colonel placed his hand on mine. The police have already found Jesse Tatum, he said. That's how we know he's dead. Their rough hands, the colonel's, with a touch soft as nightfall. Death always shocks, even when you expect it, he said. This is your first experience, and Jesse's death is anything but expected. Take some time to get your bearings. I slumped, watching the pines flicker by and the headlights glow. You may not know this, but Mr. Jesse was like a father to me, I said. The colonel's right eyebrow drifted up. Okay, not like a father, I said. More like an uncle, maybe. A stingy, selfish uncle who was secretly nice inside. The colonel sighed. Jesse Tatum was a miserly, fetid old goat. The truth is, you didn't particularly like him, and neither did I. Still, we are accustomed to him, he said. He's part of our world. I will miss him, and I expect you will too. We rode in silence to the edge of town. Colonel, who would kill Mr. Jesse? He shook his head and his lips went tight. I don't know. The police are wondering the same thing, he said. Not that they have enough sense to figure it out. Never underestimate the idiocy of our criminal justice system, soldier. No, sir, I won't, but listen to me, he said, his voice suddenly urgent. Keep your eyes and ears open and keep your opinions to yourself. Bring anything you learn about Jesse to me, or if I'm away, to Lana, to no one else. Stay close to us until further notice. We are safe, but there is a killer among us. We must prepare to defend ourselves if necessary. And the best defense is what, soldier? A good offense, I said. You've told me a million times. I just don't see how. Leave the how to me. Here we are, he added, hanging a right at the cafe. Maybe my spot by the door is still open. I surveyed the packed parking lot. Karate night, I muttered as the underbird shuddered to a stop. I forgot, he nodded. And other people have stopped by to see about Jesse. They're scared. Nothing like this has ever happened to below landing. He opened his door and gave me a quick smile. Mr. Lee's karate class is nearly over, but maybe you'll feel better if you practice your kicks. Maybe, I sighed, heading for the cafe door. I can't feel much worse. Mr. Lee started karate night at the cafe two years ago. The colonel keeps just the counter open after the supper rush and lets Mr. Lee push the tables to the walls and use the floor space. In return, Mr. Lee gives Dale and me free lessons for life. Dale hates it. I enjoy kicking others, but would do better in an art that allows spitting. The colonel offers karate night as a public service, same as J.C.'s on Tuesdays and Miss Jennifer's ballroom on Mondays. Wednesdays, we hold open for emergency bridal showers. 
As we entered the cafe, the colonel draped a wiry arm across my shoulders. Keep your wits about you, he whispered. There is an enemy among us, and you are new to the ways of war. Mr. Lee, dressed in his trim white G and faded black belt, spotted the colonel at once. Rye, he shouted, and his students turned to the colonel and bowed. We bowed back. Some say the colonel earned his black belt in Okinawa and killed a man to get it. Others say he bought it used at Fayetteville Flea Market and never had a lesson in his life. Either way, Mr. Lee always bows, just in case, Miss Lana says. Miss Moe, will you please join us, Mr. Lee said. Miss Anna needs a partner. No spitting. I grabbed a set of pads and sprang in front of Anna Celeste Simpson. Hey, Moe Ron, she whispered, an evil glint in her eyes. Hey yourself, Attila Celeste, I hissed. Mr. Lee clapped. Ten-way block drill, begin. I went at Attila, swinging with all my might. Sadly, she blocked every punch. Mr. Lee blew his whistle. Roundhouse kick. Lean and twist your body when you kick. Throw your weight behind it. Begin. What's that smell? Attila panted after our third set. Sweat, I said. Didn't your mother tell you? At least I have a mother, Moran, she said. And I don't mean the sweat. I sniffed. Seaweed salads, I said. Miss Lana stocked them for karate night. She says they're thematic. The colonel's giving them away before they go bad. Mr. Lee clapped. Mo, stop talking. As we practiced, more town folk drifted in, hungry for information and the comfort of friends. At quarter past nine, Mayor Little burst through the door, glistening and out of breath. We froze. Everyone settle down, he gasped, fanning his red face with both hands. Don't panic. Detective Starr has, something, has things well in hand. The man is a godsend. Stay calm and have faith in your civil servants. We'll get past this little speed bump in no time. Attila Celeste raised her hand. I don't think it's fair to call Mr. Jesse a speed bump just because he's dead, she said. It's not like he can defend himself. For a brief instant, I almost liked her. The mayor zigzagged by, holding his tie to keep it from brushing our sweaty arms. Is it true then, mayor? Grandmother Miss Lacey Thornton wobbled warbled from the end of the counter. Is Jesse Tatum officially dead? Dead is such an unflattering term, he said, sliding onto his stool. I prefer to think of Jesse as passe. The Azalea women gasped. What's passe mean? Tinks Williams asked the colonel, his voice low. Dead, the colonel said, refilling Tinks' iced tea. Mr. Lee clapped his hands, snapping the class back to attention. Line up for kick drills, he commanded. Upper belts first. Thess in his green belt and legal whiz Skeeter McMillan in her brown stepped to the line along with three high schoolers. Fighting movement number one, Mr. Lee said. Front kick, punch, punch, round kick, begin. They set off in perfect unison, slinking across the floor like a band of lethal ballerinas. Next group, begin. The cafe door swung open as I kicked at Attila's head. She lunged out of range just in time, lost her balance, and crumpled to the floor. Nice round kick, Biblical Mo, Detective Starr said from the doorway. He gazed around the cafe as if he could freeze frame the faces staring back at him. I could use a cup of coffee, Colonel, if you got one, he said, strolling to the counter. The Colonel hid a scowl as he reached for a clean mug. Starr's eyes looked tired and his gray pants were stained black with mud. I know you have questions and I'll answer all I can, he told us, tossing his hat on the counter and sitting down. He opened his notepad. First, he said, I have a few. He glanced up. If you don't mind, Sensei, I'll start with you. Mr. Lee nodded. If he was nervous, it didn't show. 
Your class started when, sir? Eight o'clock, after the supper crowd left. Was everyone on time? Everyone except Mo. I took my place behind the counter by the colonel. I was late from being doctor appointed, I said. I can get a note if needed. I stepped up on my Pepsi crate and peered at Star's notepad. Is that all the clues you got? Doesn't look like much. He moved his notes. Did any of you pass by Mr. Jesse's tonight? He asked, scanning the cafe. Attila raised her hand. That's Attila Celeste, I whispered, propping my elbows on the counter. She lives down the creek from Mr. Jesse. Her parents drive her around like she's a princess. If she didn't take karate, you'd never even guess she had feet. He didn't look at me. Colonel, could you do something with her, please? Hey, I snapped, but the colonel put his hand over mine and shook his head. Star picked up his pen. What time did you pass Mr. Jesse's place, miss? Miss Anna Celeste Simpson, and I'm pleased to meet you, she said, tossing her hair. My mother and I drove by Mr. Jesse's a little before four o'clock. We came into town early because we wanted to go to the Piggly Wiggly's, plus I needed a trim. Unlike some people, I won't tolerate split ends, she added, shooting me a nasty look. Right, Star said. Did you see anyone near Jesse Tatum's house? A boy, maybe, she said. By the creek, he was pulling something, or... I don't know. I only saw him through the trees. Who knows what boys do? It's a mystery to me. My heart lurched. She'd seen Dale returning Mr. Jesse's boat. Sure as my name's Mo LeBeau. I put my hand in my pocket and closed my fingers around my half of Mr. Jesse's finder's fee. Money we tricked him out of. Suddenly, I felt sick. Can you identify the boy? Star asked. I tried to slow my heartbeat. What if Attila realized she'd seen Dale at Mr. Jesse's just before the murder? What if Star found out Dale had swiped Mr. Jesse's boat? How much trouble would he be in? How much trouble would I be in? I needed time to think. I turned to Star. All boys look alike to Anna Celeste, I said. She's boy crazy. Soldier, the colonel snapped, clamping his fingers onto my shoulder. At ease, Attila blushed. I am not boy crazy, she said. All I saw is light hair and a dark shirt. Black, maybe. I didn't stare. Why would I? I didn't know Mr. Jesse was dead. Maybe it was Thess, I suggested. He's a boy. Wasn't me, Thess yelped. I got red hair and a dark shirt. Well, that could be half the boys in town. Star looked around the cafe. Did anybody else see him? Skeeter looked at Attila, then at me. I could see it in her eyes. She knew it was Dale. Panic swirled through me like a flock of blackbirds banking into a tree. I shook my head. She nodded so faintly her nod could have been mistaken for a breath. She wouldn't say anything. Not yet, anyway. Anna, I need to talk to your mother, Star said. Betsy Simpson, she's in the book, the colonel said, finally pouring Star's coffee. You don't really think a kid killed Jesse, do you? I'll ask the questions, Star said without looking up, and the vein in the colonel's forehead jumped to attention. Now I reached over and patted the colonel's hand. Colonel, did Jesse Tatum come in for supper tonight? Negative, he growled, picking up a dish towel. Well, that's, what, that's twice a pity, Mayor Little said. The colonel's teriyaki chicken is simply out of this world, and if Jesse had come in for dinner, he might not be so passe. Oh my gosh, he added, slapping himself on the forehead. What am I thinking? Detective, you must be famished. I'm sure the colonel would be glad to scare up you up some supper, even with the kitchen closed. Wouldn't you, colonel? The colonel pretended to wipe a spot off the counter. Thanks, but I'm not hungry, Star said after a long silence. He looked around the cafe. Is it unusual for Mr. Jesse to miss supper? Has he seemed worried lately? Oh, for heaven's sakes, 
Grandmother Miss Lacey Thornton sputtered, standing up at the end of the counter. Her blue-white hair glowed and her powdered face was stern. Jesse's like the rest of us. He eats here when he wants to and stays home when he wants to. And Jesse was so peculiar, no one would know whether he was worried or not. Excuse me for saying so, young man, she said to Star, but we've answered a number of your questions. I think it's time for you to answer ours. Star stared at her for a moment, his glare downshifting to neutral. Yes, ma'am, he said, his voice going softer. What would you like to know? She studied him, her hair shimmering in the cafe's harsh light. I hear the Tyson brothers found Jesse's body at Fool's Bridge and... Who told you that? Star asked, his voice sharp. Everybody, it's all over town. Star sighed. All right, he said, flipping back through his notes. I'd want information too if I were you. Here's what I've got. The Tyson boys hauled Jesse Tatum's boat out of the creek around six o'clock that e this evening and found his body inside. His wallet was in his pocket with no cash in it. His death is being investigated as a homicide. Well, who killed him? she demanded. I don't know yet, but I intend to find out, Star said, snapping his notebook closed. Excuse me, sir, Skeeter said in a pre-law voice of steel. Aren't we outside your jurisdiction? The colonel cleared his throat and pointed to the no lawyers sign. Sorry, she mumbled. Understandable, the colonel said. These are trying times. He looked at Star. Her question is a good one. Technically, this isn't inside my jurisdiction, but your mayor asked me to investigate, and I've agreed, he said. Besides, I have a hunch this may tie in with the murder I'm investigating in Winston-Salem. Does anyone have a problem with that? The colonel swiped at a spot on the counter. The room barely breathed. No? Good. My team is coming from Winston-Salem in the morning. Meanwhile, avoid strangers. Travel in pairs. I don't want any children leaving without an adult. Questions? I raised my hand and star sighed. Mo? They found Mr. Jesse in a boat, I asked. I'm wondering if maybe he just up and died. Maybe there ain't no murder, like the fish weren't biting and he died of boredom. It happens. Boredom kills. I've had close brushes myself during math. Jesse Tatum didn't die of boredom, he said. The back of his head, that is, he suffered a blunt force trauma. An azalea woman moaned. Are we safe? Grandmother Miss Lacey Thornton asked. Star looked at her a moment like he was weighing his words. Keep your doors and windows locked, he replied. Then he turned to me. Where were you tonight? Me? I asked, surprised. I was at the racetrack. You didn't see me? I sure saw you. You need an alibi for me? Ask your girlfriend. How long you known her anyway? His girlfriend? Attila Celeste said, looking star up and down. What kind of girlfriend does he have? Guess, I said. Too slow. It's Miss Retzel. She staggered back. Our Miss Retzel? That's not all, I said. She was wearing shorts. Miss Retzel wearing shorts? Star clicked his pen. She did mention running into you. You were with that spooky kid, Dale. I glanced at Attila. Dale was the last name I wanted tickling her memory. The colonel's word drifted back to me. The best defense is a good offense. So, detective, I said, what have you done with Miss Retzel? As representatives of the sixth grade, Anna and me are hoping you didn't throw her in jail or leave her standing by the creek with a crazed killer on the prowl. Go ahead, Anna. Tell him, I said. Anna nodded uncertainly. Exactly what are your intentions? I asked. The sixth grade has a right to know. Grandmother Miss Lacey Thornton raised her hand. I'm wondering, too. Your Miss Retzel is perfectly state safe, Star said. He looked around the cafe. Did anyone see Jesse Tatum tonight? He asked. 
Anyone see anything suspicious? He sauntered to the bulletin board and stabbed his business card through the heart with a thumbtack. Please call me if you think of anything that might help. Goodness, I hope you're not counting on your cell phone, Mayor Little said. Why wouldn't I, Star asked. No service to speak of, he said. Oh, you might get a sputter here or there, but not for long. That's one of the benefits of life in Tupelo Landing. No cell bill. No high-speed internet charges either, unless you live on First Street and have cable. I'll gladly replay phone messages for you, though, if you'd like to use my landline. I'm sure Mother wouldn't mind. I'll get back to you on that, Star said, looking doubtful. He glanced at Grandmother Miss Lacey Thornton. Does Jesse Tatum have family here? he asked. Is there someone I should notify? Jesse did have a cousin somewhere in Piedmont, she said, a security guard. He died years ago, in Jesse's arms, as I recall. Jesse was alone in life. Star plucked Mr. Jesse's notice of a finder's fee from the bulletin board and folded it into his pocket. I think you'll find my team easy to work with, Mayor. He looked around the room. Thank you, Sensei. Everyone's free to go. Mr. Lee bowed, and the colonel unplugged the coffee urn. Everybody out, the colonel said. Don't let these kids walk home alone. I worked my way over to Skeeter. I'd like to make an appointment, I whispered as we put our kick pads away. First thing in the morning. She nodded as Mr. Lee walked by. Mo, he said, his voice hushed. I'm going to Durham tomorrow. If you'd like for me to take one of your messages along. Thanks, Mr. Lee. I grabbed a bottle from beneath the counter and he tucked it under his arm. Star watched our customers pay up and stepped gingerly into the night. Couple more questions, he said, as the colonel closed out the cash register. Did Jesse Tatum have any enemies? Did anyone here tonight have a grudge against him? Here? I asked. You think the killer comes to the cafe? Murderers usually know their victims. The colonel folded his apron and tossed it on the counter. As far as I know, Jesse Tatum was a harmless old coot living out his life on a backwater creek without family or friends, he said. Nobody much liked him. But kill him? Why? Time was Jesse's assassin, and it was closing in on him fast. Murdering Jesse Tatum doesn't make sense. You're wrong, Star said. Murder always makes sense to the murderer. By the way, he said, picking up his hat, where's Miss Lana? Away on business, the colonel said, in Charleston. Star narrowed his eyes. Please tell her I'd like to talk with her when she gets back, when she gets in. If I don't hear from her soon, I'll find her. He started toward the door. One last thing, he said. I ran that Thunderbird's plates. You bought that car two weeks ago, not two years ago. The colonel glanced at me. You're right. It was a lie, and I apologize, he said. I should have told you the, told the truth, which is that I don't like law enforcement. Sh- I don't think law enforcement should meddle in people's lives, that I don't believe my purchases are any of your business, that the only thing as dangerous as an arrogant attorney is an overzealous lawman. Again, I apologize. I bought that car legally, and I should have just said so. Now, if there's nothing else, I stepped near the colonel. Star studied us for one cold, flat minute. Don't leave town, he told the colonel. Then he nodded to me and headed for the door. We watched him climb into his Impala. He's going to be trouble, the colonel said, unplugging the jukebox. Yes, sir, I said, thinking of Dale. If you ask me, he already is.